You are Locked On Saints, your daily New Orleans Saints podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is good, Houdat Nation and Houdat family? Welcome into this Twitter Tuesday episode here at Locked On Saints, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, here every single Monday through Friday, five days a week, covering your New Orleans Saints. Today's episode is brought to you by Bill Bar. Don't forget to use the promo code Locked On Twenty Two Zero to get twenty percent off at BuiltBar.com. On today's episode, according to Jeremy Fowler of ESPN, sources have said that New Orleans plans to prioritize retaining safety Marcus Williams this offseason. We'll talk about why he's the most important piece for the Saints to prioritize and what priority number two should be. Then I was asked on our National Locked On Today podcast, what would happen if Drew Brees decided to come back? We'll talk about what would happen, but we'll also talk about why I don't think that will take place from a salary perspective, from the team perspective, and even from the Brees perspective. And finally, it's time to get to our questions from Twitter. What's my favorite trade package for Russell Wilson? What happens if the Saints miss out on Winston and can't trade for Wilson? And much more. As always, I'm your host, Ross Jackson, at Ross Jackson Nola on Twitter, editor over at CanalStreetChronicles.com, your Tuesday co-host over at the National Locked On NFL podcast. We got all that and a little bit of land yet for you on today's episode of Locked On Saints, your team every day. All right, family, kicking off this Tuesday episode of Locked on Saints with some Marcus Williams news. Thanks to Jeremy Fowler over at ESPN sharing the details with everybody that the Saints look to be interested in prioritizing Marcus Williams here in free agency in terms of retaining him and keeping him in the building. We're here to talk about why the Saints' decision to prioritize the otherwise free agent safety is a good one. So let me read exactly what Jeremy Fowler tweeted out here. He said, despite the massive cap deficit, the Saints are expected to prioritize free agent safety Marcus Williams. I'm told they want to keep him within financial reason, but he will have a strong market. Then there's another phrase here that we'll get to in just a moment, but this is part of the key. And this is what I've been saying throughout most of the offseason so far. The Saints can afford to retain anyone they want at the price they're willing to pay and no more than that. We've seen the Saints be very, very adamant about setting a price and sticking to that price for the last four off-seasons, three off-seasons. And because of that, they've ended up winning the NFC South division three years in a row. And that has been a big part of it is the way that they have been building their team around their quarterback and around this improving defense. And now, with Drew Brees expected to be on the way out this off-season, though we'll talk about the alternative to that in segment two here in just a moment. But with Drew Brees expected to be on the way out, the defense becomes even more important. And that's why Marcus Williams is the right choice to prioritize here in free agency. And the Saints have decisions to make, right? Should they prioritize Marcus Williams or should they prioritize Trey Hendrickson? My money is on Marcus Williams because he allows the defense to do what Dennis Allen and the Saints defense want to do. This is a team that loves to run cover one, cover three, deep safety types of schemes. Marcus Williams is excellent at that. He got even better at that last season. He improved his tackling going from a 14.1% missed tackle percentage to just over a 4.5% missed tackle percentage in 2020. He's improved in the areas that he needed to. The mentorship with Malcolm Jenkins clearly did him a lot of good. The way that he's able to run and call the defense in the secondary, get everybody set up and help to make all of these calls and communicate on the backside. 
Those are all huge, huge assets for the New Orleans Saints. And it's almost as if, while it's just as important to maintain specifically Marcus Williams, it makes sense for them to want to maintain consistency in terms of their star players on the defensive side. It's why they're going to want to extend Marshawn Lattimore, why they did extend Demario Davis at the beginning of last season, why they're going to look to try to retain Marcus Williams here. Those are your top players over on the defensive side. Those are the guys that deserve your attention this offseason. Now, if the Saints decide to prioritize Marcus Williams, then that means that they may not be prioritizing Trey Hendrickson, which means that Trey Hendrickson may be you know, paid away, which I think many of us expect. They also have to make a decision on Sheldon Rankins as well. So over on the defensive side, the priority list doesn't just stop at Marcus Williams, but it seems that he sits atop that list, at least for now. So if Marcus Williams is the top priority for the Saints this offseason, who becomes priority number two? Well, that's where we get to the final sentence of Jeremy Fowler's tweet here. After talking about Marcus Williams, the final sentence here reads, have also expressed interest in New Orleans Saints in re-signing quarterback Jameis Winston. So right there, you see it. There it is. They want Marcus Williams. They want Jameis Winston. That's at the top of the list in terms of what it is that they want. What many of us have been sort of, you know, hounding on for most of the offseason that these two guys should be at the top of the priority list for the New Orleans Saints, especially if Drew Brees plans to retire. Here you have it. That exactly looks to be what the case is for the New Orleans Saints. Now, just because they're prioritizing Marcus Williams and Jameis Winston in free agency doesn't mean that they're going to be the first players to retain or the first players to resign. You might see, as Amy Justin and I talked about last week, some of the other contracts, the smaller contracts happen in time, smaller in terms of dollar amount, happen first, and then these larger contracts get figured out as time rolls along. But keep an eye on the ticking clock, March 15th. More teams can start to contact these New Orleans Saints that are outgoing free agents. So getting those deals done, or at least getting into talks before then is pivotal so that nobody else ends up dictating what that contract may end up looking like. The Saints don't want to get into any bargaining wars. They don't want to get into any bidding wars. They're not into that. They have the price they want to set, and that's what they are looking to pay for these players. As Jeremy Fowler said, within financial reason, Marcus Williams, number one, Jameis Winston right after that. And of course, before they can retain Jameis Winston, they have to know what's going on with Drew Brees. It seems that we all already know, and all of the writing is on the wall, we just haven't heard from Drew Brees just yet. I was asked on our Locked On Today podcast, our national podcast hosted by Peter Bukowski, what happens if Drew Brees comes back? We'll talk about how that situation would be handled and why I don't think it's going to happen from several different perspectives here in just a moment as we continue on with today's episode of Locked On Saints, part of the Locked On Podcast Network your team every day. And y'all, real quick, I want to tell you about our friends over at betonline.ag, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Yes, football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and NHL are all in full swing. And speaking of full swing, the MLB is right around the corner as well. And you don't have to stop at just the professional sports and the college sports that are out there. You can also check out all of the odds and props that are set for awards, TV shows, and even reality TV. We had a wild episode of The Bachelor last night. Matt Shocking a lot of folks, Matt, not shocking, some other folks, but we'll see how it goes as they continue to move along there. So you can go and check out all of the odds on just about anything that you can imagine. Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds, and it's the best way to place your bets. And best of all, it's free to sign up at betonline.ag. Head over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus with the promo code Locked On, all one word, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. That's Locked On for a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. 
right, family, continuing right along with today's episode of Locked on Saints. Thank you, as always, for being here. Don't forget to subscribe wherever you are listening so that you get the newest episodes every Monday through Friday. And don't forget to check out our big initiative that started last month but will continue moving forward, which is our Locked on Presents podcast feed. We started the series more than the game last week, or excuse me, last month, rather, talking about uh, and honoring the challenges and successes of black men and women in sports, but that will continue on with other important conversations around sports. So go and check it out. The Locked On Presents podcast feed. Subscribe on radio.com or wherever you get your podcasts. All right. So one of our other great podcasts here on the show is Locked On Today, hosted by our good friend Peter Bukowski, who also hosts Locked On Packers. And he had me on in yesterday's episode and asked me about what would happen if Drew Brees said, hey, I'm not leaving. If he went all Wolf of Wall Street and said, I'm not going anywhere. I'm not effing leaving. And what would happen? Uh, What would the Saints have to do in that situation, right? And so Let's talk first about sort of entertaining that idea, what would take place, and then we'll talk about why I severely, like sincerely doubt that that is going to happen from three different perspectives. So we'll start off with why or what would happen if he did indeed say that he was coming back. First of all, the Saints would have to figure out how to pay him, right? That would be one of the biggest, biggest, biggest landmarks behind all of this would be, or fallouts rather about all this would be, how do you pay Drew Brees after he took a pay cut of 24, a little bit under $24 million. Uh, and then all of a sudden you have to pay him to come back and play in 2021. I don't see that happening. But if that were to happen, then either the Saints would have to figure that out or it could potentially end up being a Brett Favre situation. But here's the thing. If it ended up being a Brett Favre situation to where he wants to come back and then the team, basically what happened with Brett Favre, in, in case you don't know, is that he announces retirement and then said, never mind, I'm coming out of retirement. He came back. And then the Green Bay Packers said, that's great. You can come back, but you can't come back over here. You got to come back somewhere else. And then he ended up having to go to another team. That's how he ended up with the, you know, ended up with a couple of teams with the Jets for a while. And he was with the, with the Vikings, of course, when the Saints beat them on the way to their Super Bowl rent win in 2009. So, you know, he played a couple of different places, but you get the idea. He wasn't back in Green Bay. Could that happen with the Saints? I think that would be really, really tough. I, I think it's hard to look at a guy that has been the, sort of resurrection of your your franchise and was a part of the resurrection of your city. And, and the city did that on its own. Like, let's not get it twisted. Like, the city of New Orleans resurrected itself. But Drew Brees was a big part of the sort of uh, positive push of attitude, everything coming out of the football team, everything coming out of the organization, revitalizing the city through that element of the aspect. But the city brought itself back, right? Like, that was something that the region did for itself. Drew Brees was present for that, and he was a huge part of resurrecting the excitement around the city as well, coming from the football team. So I do give the the city, the state, the region a lot of credit. But of course, we tie in sentimentally, and I think rightfully so, Drew Brees into that resurrection. So it's very hard to look at a guy that resurrected, let's just speak from the football perspective of this, the franchise, basically the cold shoulder and say, hey, that's great that you want to come back, but you ain't coming back over here. I don't see that happening. And that's the part that makes this really, really tough to understand. So we could talk about this from three perspectives, the money perspective, the team perspective, and then even the breeze perspective. This is a really tough situation to see playing out from the salary perspective, because like I mentioned, he's already reduced his salary to a $1.075 million contract. So the cut has already happened in terms of saving the team money right now. And so because of that, if he came back, then there would be an entire to-do to figure out what to pay Drew Brees, how to pay him without sort of putting yourself in a position to where you have now strangled your cap 
to build around the team, retain other pieces, bring in new pieces, things like that, and fill the needs for the pieces that you might have to then lose in free agency. You would sacrifice a lot to turn around and say, okay, we're going to invest even more into the quarterback position now that Drew Brees is going to come back. So from the salary perspective, oh, and Drew Brees very unlikely to play on vet minimum, $1.075 million. I don't care how much money he's got in the bank. Ain't nobody with his tenure in the NFL playing for that amount of money. And not only his tenure, but his status in the NFL playing for that amount of money. It ain't happening. So that's the salary perspective. For the team perspective, the team is ready to move forward. This is the hard, hard part of any team's transition. I don't mean moving forward from Jabriz. They're just in general ready to move forward. And that sometimes means making tough decisions. That sometimes means saying goodbye to people and players that you love. And that feels like what all of this offseason has been leading to so far. The cutting down of the salary cap, the building of salary cap and other positions, the open recruitment of Jameis Winston, the willingness to prioritize you know, a safety as opposed to, you know, willing to, as opposed to waiting around and say, oh, we're just waiting to see what Drew Brees says, right? There's all of these other pieces that sort of come together in terms of how the team has been pursuant of its own future that look like they don't have anything to do with Jameis, that don't have anything to do, excuse me, with Drew Brees. The open sort of conversation now that's taking place to where all of a sudden the Saints are popping up on other quarterbacks lists from around the league, including, of course, uh, Russell Wilson, who was most recently in the news. So all of these things seem to be post-Breeze era conversations and topics that continue to pop up. And then the final thing is the Breeze perspective. Drew Breeze has said before, several times actually, but he said before, it's the Saints or nobody else. There was that moment a couple of years ago to where he turned down a big offer. I think it was a $30 million per year offer from the Arizona Cardinals. And he turned that down to stick with the Saints. That moment was indicative of exactly what he had been telling everyone, which is that it's the Saints or nobody else. So even if he were to say, all right, no, I'm going to come back, if the Saints can't make it work within their team's future and their outlook, if the Saints can't make it work because of the salary cap or in terms of just wanting to figure out where that money is going and having to turn around and pay him after he took a pay cut, all the logistics that come along with all of that, if he's not going to make it with the Saints, he's not going to come back to the Saints. I don't think he's going to be interested in coming back at all based upon the previous attitude that we've seen from him. And the only reason why he would want to be coming back would be to come back in a system that he's comfortable with, that he knows he can win with, so he can try to win himself another Super Bowl. So if it's not the Saints, then it's nobody. And that's what Drew Brees has always mentioned. Drew Brees is taking a while to make his decision, but the work is already done, right? The pay cut is already made. The Saints have already saved the salary cap. They already know what's going on with all that. He may announce that he wants to come back. He might shock the world and do that. But right now, all the signs are pointing to retirement, and it doesn't matter when Drew Brees makes the announcement, as long as he does it in such a time that the Saints don't have to scramble to try to sign Jameis Winston or try to compete with other teams for their future quarterback. Because obviously, you don't want to make that signing before Drew Brees announces, because then you're signaling Drew Brees' announcement before he gets a chance to make it. They want to make sure that Drew Brees is at peace with the decision. He might have already informed the team, but informing the people and informing it publicly, entirely different circumstance and a tough one to deal with. And the Saints are obviously being very supportive and in his corner throughout all of this. Regardless of what that announcement is, it's one that will take time and it's okay because the Saints have already saved the money. They already have their plan in place. They're ready to move forward one way or another. All right, y'all. Up next, we get to your questions from Twitter. A lot of y'all chimed in with a few questions. We have some Saints-related questions and some fun questions as well. So we're going to get to all that here in just a moment on today's episode of Locked on Saints, our Twitter Tuesday episode brought to you by Locked on Podcast Network, 
your team every day. And as always, today's episode is also brought to you by one of our good friends and good sponsors, rockauto.com, a sponsor that y'all know that I love very much and that I use all the time whenever I need something for my vehicle. I just head over to rockauto.com, plug in the make, plug in the model, plug in the year, let them know what part, piece, accessory, whatever it is that I'm looking for, and they are going to give me a bunch of options, all at a fraction of the price as what you could end up with uh, having to pay over at all those brick and mortar stores and things like that. It's where they charge you more as a do-it-yourselfer than they would charge their wholesale clients, for instance. But rockauto.com, they don't do that. It's all one price, no matter who you are, no matter what level of work you're doing. Because trust me, I am doing a very novice level of work, and I am grateful for the amount of money that Rock Auto does not make me pay to sometimes fail at what I'm trying to fix. And they're always extremely helpful when that happens, as well as if I can't find something, they're always willing to help you out as well. They are a family business. They've been helping auto parts customers for over 20 years online. So go and check them out, rockauto.com. And don't forget to let them know that we sent you by writing Locked On in the How'd You Hear About Us section. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car can ever need, rockauto.com. Get it, Huda Nation, continuing on and wrapping up our episode of Locked On Saints today. When you're done here, don't forget to go and join Trevor Sikama and Benjamin Solak over at the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, especially on Tuesdays, because they do their team takeover Tuesdays. They have a great series there where they're essentially breaking down picks for a new team and then taking a deep dive into potential front office, head coach signings, roster review, free agent strategies, and then doing a team-centric mock draft as well. So check them out Tuesdays over at the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast and every day at Locked On NFL Draft. Subscribe wherever you get your podcast. And wherever you get your podcast, I appreciate you tuning in on today's episode here of Locked On Saints. One of my favorite, favorite parts of the offseason is all of the interaction I get to do with you. Facebook Fridays, we're doing live shows on Fridays now as well. Started over at the Locked On Saints Facebook group. Those are going to start to transition to over our, our Locked On Live YouTube channel, as well as on Twitter, uh, my Twitter, and at Locked On NFL Pods. And of course, we have every Tuesday, our Twitter Tuesday. So I get your questions from there at Ross Jackson Nola as well. So let's go ahead and get started with our uh, questions today. I want to take a look at uh, a few of these that are actually really, really good. And I'm very, very excited about these. So let's start off with uh, something Saints related because we have some that are not Saints related as well. Let's start with what number does Russell Wilson switch to when Will Lutz refuses to give up Number three. Now, let's not forget Russell, um, excuse me, Will Lutz has mentioned before that his number is for sale. Uh, should he, he has mentioned that he is willing to sell his number before. But if for, let's say, any reason Will Lutz decided, hey, I'm not giving up my number, my number, but the Saints do trade for Russell Wilson, Russell Wilson could potentially go back to number 16 because that's what he wore at Wisconsin in college. He could go back to number 16. There is no number 16 on the roster right now for the New Orleans Saints. He wore in high school number 11 over at collegiate school, but of course, that is Deontay Harris's number. You will not have Deontay Harris's number. That is Deontay Harris's number and no one else's, so you will not be touching that. But number 16, ready and available for Russell Wilson should the Saints go that route. And speaking of Russell Wilson, we have a great supporter of the show here, Mike Parker at mparker3 underscore two-part question here. Uh, what would be your ideal trade package for Russell Wilson? 
And if the Saints don't get Russ and lose out on Jameis in free agency, do you envision a scenario where they trade up in the draft for another quarterback? Let's say Trey Lance. So we'll start with the first question of that pair. And real quick, I want to shout out Jerf as well, uh, who asked the last question at yesco underscore JP. Appreciate you coming through. So Mike's question here, we'll start off with the trade package for Russ. So I actually went on the Locked on Saints trade, uh, excuse me, Locked on Seahawks. Uh, podcast and made a trade offer to Corbin Smith. You can hear that over at Locked on Seahawks, and he's going to end up making a decision by the end of the week which one he would take or which ones throughout the week are most uh, most sort of realistic. And I have to say, so far, out of the trade offers that have been made by the Bears and the Raiders, I think my trade offer is the most appealing and one that doesn't entirely hurt the Saints very much. Now, you have to take a little bit of a leap of faith with me on this, but three first-round picks is a starting place. Not going to mess with that three first round picks, you can have them, don't care about them. Then you also have the third round pick for 2022, which can become a second round pick if the Saints make the playoffs and if Russell Wilson plays at least 70% of his snaps. So it's a conditional second round pick, could be a second round pick, but starts off as a third. That's a good sort of measure to make sure that, hey, maybe we need that second round pick and all those other things. And then two players that I sent, but I didn't send anybody over from the defense because I want to keep the defense together as much as possible. It seems to be the Saints uh, sort of MO as well. So if the Saints are going to trade for Russell Wilson, I'm going to send them Taysom Hill so that they have an opportunity to have a quarterback there that helps to shift some things around and maybe be their guy for a year until they get their next quarterback. And then also, uh, I'm going to process it as a post-June 1 transaction to the Saints uh, end up dropping $11.5 million in salary cap, which covers... Uh, Russell Wilson's incoming and restructured deal once he gets to New Orleans. The other player that I that I include, and this is going to drop some jaws, but Eric McCoy. Here's why. Here's why. Here's why. Here's why. Eric McCoy is extraordinarily talented. He is young. He is cheap. It gives them an opportunity to have somebody that can help bolster their offensive line and gives them somebody on the offensive line that's used to working with Taysom Hill. Another good benefit in trading them both together as a package. But it doesn't entirely hurt the Saints because they have his successor already in the locker room in Cesar Ruiz. Now, I know a lot of people are going to groan because Cesar Ruiz had a down rookie year, but he was playing out of position, not playing at his natural position, which they're going to try to move him into anyway. Newsflash, one way or another, Eric McCoy is probably not playing center for the New Orleans Saints next year anyway because he's probably playing right guard. So you move him, you replace a not so premier position on your offensive line as center by replacing a right guard, a much easier role to fill, easier in that it's not your communicator role that's calling out all of the protections and everything like that. And Cesar Ruiz, super high football IQ. I trust him to get into that rhythm back at his natural position. So that would be my trade package that I would offer, nothing more than that. And if the Seahawks said no to that, then that's fine. Russell uh, Russell Wilson may not be in the future, or at least for this season, he could be pursued next season where his contract is even more tradable and he may be even more disdained, you know, have more disdain for the Seattle Seahawks. That's even easier to try to put together a package for next offseason. Instead, rolling with Jameis Winston, very, very happy with that. Now, do you envision a scenario where the Saints miss out on Jameis Winston and Russell Wilson and therefore trade up for a quarterback in the draft? I don't think that they can trade up for a guy like Trey Lance. So they could potentially trade up for a guy like Mac Jones if he falls into the teens. But I even think that at that point, they would be just as happy just rolling with Taysom Hill, who already knows the uh, system basically for the Saints. Uh, now, here's a fun question that came from our good friend over at the Locked On Bucks podcast. Don't worry, he comes in peace here, David Harrison, very, very good friend of mine. He's also with Locked On WFT 
pulling a t- big old workload over here at Locked on Saints. He said, what's a reasonable expectation for Jameis Winston's stat line if he is indeed the Saints starter in 2021? So the last time that he was a quarterback, he threw for 30 touchdowns or a little bit over 30 touchdowns, 30 interceptions and over 5,000 yards led the NFL in passing yards at that point. I would give him probably around 4,500 yards as a good benchmark for the New Orleans Saints because big running game with Alvin Kamara. So you're going to make space for that. And I will say that he gets over 30 touchdowns again, and then probably somewhere around uh, less than 20 interceptions, 19, 17 interceptions, somewhere in that range. And I'll give him maybe about 35 touchdowns just to put him right in the middle of there. He could easily exceed that, but that's sort of my realistic, cautious expectation of what Jameis Winston could be for the New Orleans Saints and in giving them that deep downfield attack where the Saints have been looking at rookie receivers here recently, by the way, that pack a lot of speed. Guys like Rondale Moore, who run a 4-3, guys like Anthony Schwartz out of Auburn, who is a legit track star. So interesting. They're taking a look at those deep shots and where they might be able to generate those next season. Another thing that the team is doing that may signify not necessarily Drew Brees in the future. All right, let's get to a couple of our non-Saints questions for the fun stuff here. We'll start off with Evan at E. Kostelka on Twitter. Have you seen the Golden Globe nominated movies and do you have a favorite? So I'll admit I haven't seen all of them. I'm more of a television guy than I am a movie or a film guy. I love television. It's part of my theater roots. So because of that, uh, there are only a couple of the movies that I've seen. The Trial of Chicago 7, which I absolutely loved, and Soul, which was nominated for Best Animated. Also, absolutely love. Very glad that that took it home. If I spoiled it for you, I'm sorry. You should have just watched the Golden Globes. It's fine. Uh, Next up, we'll jump to Brian Abel, who asks, what's the meal when you're celebrating something special in your life? I know exactly what my meal is. My meal is lasagna because I'm terrible at making it at home. Uh, My fiance hates it. She does not like it. She actually calls it pasta cake, which is just ridiculously disrespectful. And so I always order it whenever we go out to dinner for a special occasion, anniversaries, stuff like that. I order it. I eat it right across from her. I have a great time. She hates it. I love it. I'm all about the lasagna. And you're damn right. You better believe every time I ask, you want to try some? (laughs) Oh, I give you petty sometimes. No, it's absolutely. I love her. I love her so much. I absolutely roll with some lasagna as my uh, something special. Because, you know, the the Cajun stuff I do on a a usual basis. So it's not going to be any of that. It's going to be something else a little different, something I can't cook. And I'm terrible, 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 terrible at making lasagna. So I always uh, go to some great places for that locally. So, all right, I think that's it. We hit all of our questions for this Twitter Tuesday. A very fun one. I appreciate y'all for coming through uh, with those questions and putting together a very fun episode today. We'll be back tomorrow as well as throughout the rest of the week. It's Wednesday, so you're in review time. Looking at the tight end position coming up next, we'll look back at 2020 and we'll look ahead to 2021. What are the Saints going to do at tight end? Are they rolling with Adam Troutman as tight end one? Who's tied in two and who's tied in three? Could Jared Cook come back? We'll talk about all of that on tomorrow's episode of Locked on Saints. I appreciate y'all as always for coming through. Once again, I'm Ross Jackson. You can follow me on Twitter at Ross Jackson, N-O-L-A. Hit me up. Let me know how the family's doing. Let me know how you're living. Let me know how you're momming them. Tell your friends, family, and fellow Saints fans about the show. And if you haven't already, please take a moment to subscribe. Drop that five-star rating and review. I thank you so much for all your support and for helping me grow this family. This has been Locked on Saints and Trust to That Nation. I'll holla at you.